Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Today is Super Bowl Sunday, and on this Sunday, everything is glorious. All other Sundays in the National Football League have led to this, the greatest of Sundays. For the two teams that are left, this has been an upward battle to glory, and by the end of the day, only one team will be left to shine. This has been a battle of king of the hill, and two teams have made it to the top. And today, those last two teams will try to push the other off. There is no mercy here. The winner will defeat the other. The winner will be given a trophy and be celebrated. The winning team will barely be able to contain their joy. The losing team will fight to contain their sorrow. The goal is glory, to be the best at what you do. And there can only be one best. In the church calendar today, we see something glorious as well. However, the setting could not be more different. Here we have three living people witnessing the greatest of all. Speak to two people who have long been dead and with the Lord. This is a quiet setting, worlds apart from the modern day Super Bowl. Let's zoom in on our gospel reading. It says, Now about eight days after, Jesus talked to his disciples about the cross the Christ must bear. He took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. Here, Jesus takes three witnesses with him and they go up to pray. The narrative makes clear that the message of the cross still weighs in the minds of the disciples as they ascend the mountain. Contrast this quiet scene with the Super Bowl. Today, the entire world will witness two teams battle for glory on the world's stage. I will be one of those witnesses, at least the second half. I have service tonight. I will be pulling for Denver, but that's beside the point. The world will be witness to a victory, and this victory It will be the team's glory. The value that we place on this event is what brings the glory to the winner. In contrast, we do not make Jesus great. Let's read on. As he was praying, the appearance of his face was altered. His clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men were talking with him, Moses and Elijah, who appeared in the glory. And they spoke of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. You see, Jesus, in this moment, he allowed his greatness to shine. 
In this quiet moment, he showed himself to be fully God, standing with us in creation. Here is the one who created Moses and Elijah, speaking with two of his children. He did not earn the glory that shines forth from his face and radiates through his clothing. He did not battle to get to this mountaintop. And he does not care to prove to the rest of the world that he is the best. In the Super Bowl, the mountaintop is all there is. But Jesus, on the mountaintop of his transfiguration, has his mind on something completely different. Here was glory personified. But that glory was not focused in reveling in itself. No, the glorious one was speaking with his creation about his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. What does that mean? Well, as Jesus revealed his true glorious self to his disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration, he was focused on another place called Golgotha the place of the skull. Unlike our Super Bowl teams that fight and claw to be called glorious by the world, Jesus is just glorious in himself. This is not something that he earns. It's not something he fights for. It's who he is. And what does he do with that glory? Does he use it for contract negotiations and free agency next year? Does he sell his jersey for a pretty penny? Of course not. The most glorious one, he focuses on the place where he would manifest his love for the world. He would conceal his glory, exchange it for a crown of thorns. Instead of being adulated, He would be spit upon, mocked, stripped bare, be nailed to a cross, and he would die. The glorious one would die so that we poor miserable sinners who often try to prove how glorious we are, he would die so we could live. Now, as Jesus focused on the cross, the disciples had their own ideas. We read, it says, Now Peter and those who were with him, when they were heavy with sleep, but when they became fully awake and they saw his glory and the two men who were with him, Peter said, Master, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah not knowing what he said. Peter, speaking for the others, they wanted to bask in this glory. They wanted to make tents and stay in this glory. After all, in this life, glory is the goal. And here they were, surrounded by it. Whoever wins the Super Bowl tonight will no doubt want to spend a little time 
taking in this mountaintop experience. But we already saw that Jesus was focused on another hill. It's funny that Peter's comments are just relegated to mere blabber by the text. They are not even acknowledged in the situation other than mentioning that he said them. And as he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silent and they told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. This section shares with us a few different things. First, here we understand that Jesus is the fulfillment of the scriptures. Moses and Elijah represent Moses representing the law. Elijah representing the prophets. And this tells us that when Jesus appeared, their job was done. All of scriptures reveal to us, even when we read them today, they point us to Jesus, to listen to him. And in those scriptures, we find the source of our salvation, Jesus alone. He is more glorious than the entire world, and he speaks to us in his word. That is where we quietly listen for his voice. The next thing to notice here is the fact that Jesus is glorious. The fact that Jesus is glorious is not the main point of the transfiguration. It's not. It's not the end in itself. The main point is the glorious one is the one who died for you. This glorious one is he who loves you so much that he would come down from his glory. Take on your sin and die for it. Doesn't that make you wonder why we are always fighting to see who is the first among the rabble that is the human race? We always want to be better than the next guy, or at least not as bad as the next guy, right? Eternally speaking, our pursuits are pretty silly, at least when pushed They're pretty silly at least. And when our pursuits are pushed to their ultimate ends, sometimes they can be harmful and damaging to others. If in pursuit for our own glory, we push someone aside or we use somebody for means to our own ends. It It has always been our desire to be glorious, to be like God. God. It was that desire that first caused us to eat of the fruit. That first that first sin that damned us to hell. 
That is the bad news. The good news is that the one who is the greatest of all has come to rescue us by his love. The crucifixion that he spoke of as he shined forth in his glory, this is his love for you. He applied this love to you in your baptism. Romans 6 6 says that in your baptism, you were united with the most glorious one. And in the supper, the greatest of all says to you, this is my body, this is my blood, given and shed for you. He takes no value in the fact that he is glorious. He lays it aside to take value in you. The king of glory, he is also the king of humility. He comes to us in humble means and his humility and love for us, it cannot be contained. It spills over out of our lives and it makes us humble. And it makes us love others. In Christ, we no longer seek glory from the world. No, we are children of God. And we have the assurance of future glory in heaven. We do not need the world's approval. Instead, we live in humble means, ready to lay down our lives for others, as Jesus did for us. And now, may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds until that day where you shine, as Jesus did on the Mount of Transfiguration, that day when he returns for you. Amen.